0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 42nd episode of The Roundabout, celebrating 15 years of the Xbox 360. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 15 year anniversary of the Xbox 360 with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game and talk about what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on the show over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, or you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. On this week's episode, we finished the fight in Halo 3, released on September 25th, 2007. For many, Halo 3 was not only their most anticipated 360 title, but also their main reason for picking up the 360 for the very first time. As mentioned last week, Wrapping up a trilogy is no easy feat across any medium. And while I wouldn't say Halo 3 is perfect in this regard, I will say that Bungie did a really impressive job bringing the original trilogy to a close. And uh, of course, we should talk about this a little bit because um, going into Halo 3, I was actually super jazzed for Halo 3. I mean, 2007 was already an amazing year for games and we still have more entries on this list from that year to go. And uh, there were so many amazing games that year and Halo three was almost like the cherry on top with, with all those games that were coming uh, in 2007 Um, at the time I loved it. I went, when I first played it, I I remember camping out um, for the midnight release because I wanted the legendary edition of the game because I wanted that cool master chief helmet thinking that I could wear the helmet when in fact, no, you can't actually wear that helmet because that's not how that works. Um, But although I just wanted the premier halo 3 experience and uh, i camped out for a few hours and brought home my copy pulled off the shrink wrap and played a ton of it and loved halo 3 so 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 much it uh, ultimately was in like my top 5 360 titles probably after i played it and for a while it was kind of in that spot however you might be thinking to yourself but ryan that that's that's not the case with this game because now because it's number nine on the list how did it fall from grace and the answer is over time my feelings of halo 3 changed in the moment i actually loved it more than i do now when i revisit the game um i think it's just it comes down to some of the things with the campaign that we're going to talk to about in a second um but all in all I think when I look back on it on uh, after playing other Halo games like ODST or Reach um, or even going back and revisiting the first two games, um, I really feel as though Halo 3, as much as I I liked it initially, it it was because I liked it initially because of the high highs, Um, the the low lows really, though, kind of just took me out of the experience a bit and definitely replaying the game now. It's like, whew. Like, so it's got some rough moments for sure. And uh, I think that's why it definitely is ranks lower on this list. Not only that, but uh, I mentioned on the very first episode of the roundabout that uh, replayability uh, definitely is part of the the factor of my ranking here as well. So that definitely played into the ranking of it is here as well. But uh, yeah, ultimately, I think that it's still a really solid game in spite of what I just said. Um, it's just one of those things where... Um, definitely my opinions on this game is de- have definitely changed over time. It's not, I don't feel the same way about it as I did when it first came out. Um, but at the same time, man, like the the launch of Halo 3 was huge. I mean, so many people were just hyped up about it for so long. And uh, yeah, I was just finally glad that we finally got the conclusion to this story that again, now we know with Halo 4 is not the end, um, but it was cool to see kind of Bungie wrap things up. Now, for those that haven't played it, Halo 3 immediately picks up from the cliffhanger ending that at the end of Halo 2. With Cortana left behind on a Covenant ship, Master Chief falls to Earth and links up with Johnson and Arbiter to help them stop the Prophet of Truth from activating a recently discovered Forerunner artifact that's found on Earth. Out of the first three Halo games campaigns, I probably enjoyed Halo 3's The Least as I just touched on. But it still had some great moments. And not only does it start on a high note, but it also concludes in a really satisfying way. I really like the ending to this game in particular. I know um, it rubs some people the wrong way. But for the most part, all in all, I, I actually kind of like the, the ending more in this game, more than most Halo games. I, I thought it was really satisfying. Um, and again, I'm not going to go into it because there is inevitably someone listening to this who has never played this game before and is just picking up the Master Chief collection uh, for the very first time to, to play these games again. In particular, as much as I like The Flood, and yes, I'm definitely more on the side that actually likes The Flood in Halo games, I think. They, the what I like about the Flood in Halo in particular is that they break up the economy between the Covenant and the the humans, and I really like kind of that third dynamic. They're almost like I, I kind of liken them to the Zerg in StarCraft, and of course the Zerg are my favorite race in StarCraft. And I mean it, it's not exactly a one to one comparison, but the way that the Flood kind of fit into the story really reminded me of how the Zerg kind of fit into the story of StarCraft. So that's one of the reasons why I'm more on the side of liking the Flood versus not having the flood at all. And that's why I kind of like the fact that the Prometheans are in the story now too, because they kind of fill in that fill in that void that the, the flood kind of left behind. That said though, I really felt like the sections of the story focusing on the Gravemind in particular really killed the pacing for me with the campaign. Um, I love seeing that the, the flood have a big bad. However, almost all of it felt like that he just really was like a throwaway villain to me. I mean, I mean, you got introduced to him in Halo 2 and he was this mysterious figure and you didn't really know too much about him. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just all of, all of the sections of the game where you go to like the the Gravemind level in particular is just like so slow paced. And it really, again, just kills any momentum that the, the game really had. Uh, again, I liked that they really had another villain beside the covenant, kind of what I was just alluding to But man. It just, it just did not work for me. It did not work for me in, in the campaign itself. Um, but all in all though, I really think that the campaign itself was really solid as far as the story was concerned. Again, it had these, these low lows that kind of killed the experience and it wasn't just the grave mind sections. There were other sections that I definitely felt the same way about, but all in all, I still really enjoyed my, my time with the campaign and the main reason why is actually because what really makes the campaign so good isn't so much the story, but it's it's excellent level design. Whether you're riding around on Savo Highway in a chopper or investigating the high-tech facilities of the ARC, the gameplay is really well paced with tons to explore if you want to go off the beaten path, although it doesn't really give you a ton of rewards outside of that besides the, the skulls for the most part. But it's cool. You can go in a bunch of different directions. And again, like Halo's always had these really amazing open levels, um, but also these tight corridors as well. They've always done a great like Bungie's always done a great job of balancing those two aspects. And I think Halo 3 in particular does this really, really, really well with the way the, their levels are designed. Halo's excellent gunplay, vehicle design, and wide open levels have always been its strong suit, and Halo 3 is no different. Dual wielding returns from Halo 2, which, fun fact, I had actually forgotten that <laughs> dual wielding actually still existed on a live stream I did with Sean uh, pretty recently, uh, because I hardly ever used that feature. Um, because for the most part, I really found myself never really using the dual wield option because the single arm weapons, like the battle rifle, assault rifle, needler, and covenant carbine, always really felt better to me. Like they're way more accurate than, than dual wielding. And for the most part, you don't get the overpowered SMGs that you have from Halo two. Um, so, I mean, you're not really getting that, that huge burst fire that you're getting in, uh, in this game in particular. I, I really think that the dual wielding balance in this just didn't really work the same way as it did in Halo two. And I, that's why I really had forgotten that feature was ever there. Cause I, I like never used it because especially the needler, which they actually, Third times the charm, I guess, because Bungie really uh, nailed the formula for the Needler. I think in this game, where I think it was always a, a usable gun in the last two, in the first two Halo games, but I think in Halo Three, that's when it really became its own weapon that I actually found myself using quite a bit, actually. Plus, Halo Three gave us what could be Halo's most powerful weapon which is the one hit kill Spartan laser, which destroys vehicles in one shot. And it's super awesome. In fact, there's probably nothing more satisfying than in multiplayer uh, running around with the Spartan laser and getting a kill with it, especially like when your enemy's running up on you or uh, when you're trying, when you blow up a tank or something with it, like it's so satisfying to use. And it's such a great addition to the story because we also had uh, the energy sword come in Halo 2. And that was a one hit kill weapon as well. Um, But you had so many weaknesses of it being in range um, versus the Spartan laser, which you could use from any range. It just took a few seconds to charge up, um, which, of course, you just had to line up your shot really carefully. Of course, beyond the campaign, Halo 3 offered a huge multiplayer suite with a ton of different options available to the player. There are a ton of different modes for you to choose from, or you can even create custom modes for you and your friends to experiment with the Halo formula in new and different ways regardless of what type of multiplayer experience you were really looking for, Halo 3 had a mode for you. And I think that's one of the best things about it. It just offered so much replayability and it gave you so many reasons to come keep coming back to the multiplayer that I think that's what really um, set it apart more even than Halo 2, which I think had a ton of replayability in itself. But uh, I think Halo 3 in particular just absolutely nailed this in spades. Like they took this the formula of Halo 2 and, and just kind of, knocked it out of the park, although I will argue that the map design in Halo 2 in particular was a little bit stronger than Halo 3's, Um, but I, I think the mode selection and overall multiplayer package I think was actually probably stronger in Halo 3. However, one of the best elements of the Halo 3 multiplayer experience was its improved matchmaking feature. It grouped you together with other players of similar skill levels, which probably doesn't sound like anything fancy today, but it was actually a huge deal at the time. It was one of the very first FPS games that I can think of that properly implemented this type of feature, and it changed the way multiplayer matchmaking was designed forever. Like, it really felt like the players who were matching up again, it wasn't very often that you were matched against anyone who was, like, that much better than you, and it, they really had this smart back-end system that really tracked games and really determined, okay, these are, these are the type of players that should be playing together. And I think that Bungie has to be commended for that. And I know that they were when when the game first came out. Um, and I definitely remember just that being a huge part of the multiplayer experience. And even when I was playing by myself and not playing with my friends, I always felt like the people I was being matched up with, I would always have a good time with them. And I wasn't really too, too powerful or too weak against some of these other players. Like I wasn't really getting matched up against uh, the the players of the world who have been spending like all of their days and nights playing Halo 3. And I think that was uh, fantastic. And again, it kind of changed the way that every multiplayer shooter going forward was designed as far as their matchmaking, where we definitely saw systems like this implemented in other games going forward. Another awesome new feature was the addition of the forge mode, allowing you to create and share brand new levels. Well many of the maps found on Forge were people trying to recreate maps from other shooters. From time to time, you'd see some really great new original level designs as well. In fact, we would go through, uh, me and my friends would go through and basically just pick out random levels from from uh, the Forge queue and then just try them out and see what they were like. And it was uh, some really, you got some, some really interesting designs um, from people. And the Forge tool itself was really in-depth. And I think that it, uh, the much later versions of Forge, like the Halo 4 Forge, for example, you could go so much more in depth with the, the levels, um, but Halo 3 was such so cool to have this type of feature in this game. Overall, the Halo 3 multiplayer suite kept me and my friends coming back night after night, and it was a ton of fun and easily Halo 3's best feature. So how well does Halo 3 hold up today? Well, the 360 version was criticized at the time for not really offering state-of-the-art graphics, and while it looks better than Halo 2, it visually is age like launched Windows 360 titles. It definitely in 2007 when you got games like BioShock coming out that same year and just wowing people with graphics, Halo 3 really just felt behind the curve on a on a lot of those different experiences and it definitely shows when you go back to revisit the game today. The frame rate is still pretty smooth with the experience, but the character models and environments look unimpressive today on 360 in particular. However, from a gameplay and campaign side, Halo 3 has aged like a fine wine. It still offers an impressive experience that's tough to put down from the moment you pick up the campaign. And that's all you really need to say about it, because yes, it's not the most beautiful game ever uh, going back and playing it now. But really, really the way that uh, the game plays, the way the gunplay feels uh, and the story itself really will be the things that keep you coming back, even if the multiplayer isn't there anymore. Of course, you can play it in Master Chief Collection, and we're going to get into that in a second. Now, if you're looking to pick up Halo 3 today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360, but it's not backwards compatible on Xbox One for good reason. It's also part of the Master Chief Collection, and as mentioned on previous episodes of the roundabout, it's definitely the best way to play any of the Halo games today after all of the patching was done to the game. It's a very smooth experience now. I know that, um, on discord from time to time, I'll see people mention that, uh, they're noticing some issues cropping up with master chief collection, but for the most part, it's actually a fairly smooth experience now. And yeah, I mean, honestly, if you're going to replay halo three at all, it looks way better in in the master chief collection. I mean, you can kind of throw my criticisms about, uh, the visual design out the window, um, if you're playing it on Master Chief Collection, Uh, but obviously I kind of have to grade this based on the 360 version. That's kind of the rules I out- said at the outset of of the roundabout when we first put this together. Um, Honestly, yeah, that version of of the game is definitely the one to play. So definitely, if you're you plan on revisiting Halo 3 at all, play it in the Master Chief Collection. It is definitely the best way to do this. I mean, you can play it on 360 if you want. But man, it just looks so much better on Xbox One. And again, the, the visual cleanup itself, it, it just makes it worth the privacy of admission on its own. Plus, the excellent multiplayer suite is there as well and uh, ready for you to play, whereas the, you're not really able to find a, a game on 360 anymore, unfortunately. That's all for this episode of The Roundabout. You can hit me up on Twitter anytime at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself, Sean Capri, on Twitter at Sean Capri, or us on Twitter at the Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Roundabout, and we out. Bye!